Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. Boy, do I have a treat for you guys today. So today we welcome Shay McGee of McGee & Co. of Studio McGee, and I'm going to give a brief bio, although I'm sure that you have seen Studio McGee and Target on my Instagram, in the home of one of your friends. Um, Literally, this brand is everywhere. So let me intro Sid and Shay McGee first. So Sid and Shay, our husband and wife team, they met in college, fell in love, got married, started a family. Soon after earning a degree in PR, Shay, like a lot of us, felt, this is not for me. I'm feeling called to do something else. And we talk a lot about that in the podcast today, but she realized her true calling was in design. So she enrolled in a local community college in this design program. And after a few semesters and trying this out on Instagram, she was one of the really early users of Instagram in the design space. She found herself with a wait list of clients and no idea how to handle the workload. (laughs) So together as a couple, they decided to turn Shay's small business into something bigger and launched Studio McGee in 2014. There's this really, really incredible story about how they made this cross-country move, sold like everything, moved to Utah to cut their costs and like build this empire. And it's a really incredible story that we're going to talk about today. Studio McGee is now one of the best-known interior design firms in the entire nation. They have a diversely talented team of over 70 people. They manage design projects across the country. Make Life Beautiful is their first book, which is coming out probably the week that you're listening to this. They have a Netflix show that is coming out in mid-October. They have a line in Target that in the middle of a pandemic, I believe sold out like overnight. It is literally the most incredible story of choosing your life, of pivoting your direction, and of building an enormous business by listening to your heart and taking chances And I am super excited to bring you Shay McGee of McGee & Co. and Studio McGee. I just told Shay off air that she is one of my dream guests, but I'm so excited to bring on the podcast today, Shay McGee. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for making time to do the Living Fully podcast in the midst of quite the schedule. So I was just laughing at Shay, you decided to just make 2020 your year, didn't you? Every- <laughs> 2020 was re- supposed to be a really good year. <laughs> hey. We're just making the best of it. We had uh-huh. all these big plans and nothing goes according to plan as we know. And uh-huh. so we're just rolling with it. This is life. And yeah. so you've got a Netflix show coming out as this podcast is launching. We're about a week away. Okay. And, and you've got a book coming out October 27th, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yes. So I'm assuming your book tour has probably 
Not really happening. Okay, that's okay. (laughs) So we'll just pretend that this is the book tour today. What an amazing story you have about just choosing your life that we're going to talk about today. So just a little brief, the Living Fully podcast is all about just like choosing your life and like living your best life and, and all of those things. But I like to give my listeners like really tangible stories of that. And I loved your design for forever and your YouTube channel, just being a YouTuber, I was like, man, the production they must have to make these videos look amazing like this. I've, I've really been obsessed for a long time, but then reading your story, that's, that's when I was just like, I'm just sold on you guys as human beings also. And you, you, the book is entitled make life beautiful. Well, you made your life beautiful. Can you just tell us just a little bit about like you and your story initially? I know your story, but in case my readers don't know how you arrived at design is so amazing because you didn't start in design. Yeah. So our story begins for me, I think at a young age, always loving style and design, but also being someone who likes to play by the rules, likes to have a plan. And I have always been afraid of being bad at something. And so when I went to college, I, you know, was in my freshman year and trying to dabble in all sorts of different (laughs) potential careers. And I was scared away from interior design because I am not an artist. I do not draw well. And still to this day, not my strong suit. So I took communications classes and I enjoy writing. And there was a big component of the strategy and writing side of that that really resonated with me. And I figured, you know what, if I can learn these skills, I could apply them to a broad range of industries, Mm -hmm. which was true. Mm -hmm. So I, I went with that. And then I started working for PR firms and a marketing firm and Although I was able to really get insight into that world and learn a lot of great skills, I wasn't passionate about promoting brands that I wasn't passionate about. And so that really, for me, was a light bulb that maybe I wasn't in my lifelong career. It was maybe a step. So I confided in my husband, Sid, that I didn't love what I was doing, and I always like a side project. I'm always doing something and I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't, I can't even help myself. I just always have a little something on the side to keep me created. (laughs) Uh And when I was graduated from college working in PR, it was at the time when handmade, the handmade movement was really- Your hair accessories, right? Yes. So I started doing hair accessories and with my mom and she's creative and we're just like, oh, this is fun. I'm like, all right, let's just put up a little website and see if we can sell these because we're making them. Not really thinking anything of it. I think I was more enamored with like the creative side of things than I was actually- creating a business and didn't realize that my marketing skills would actually work. So I like sent it to a few bloggers and this was when everyone just read blogs. Instagram Uh wasn't. And I was featured, we were featured on several big blogs. Like the Today Show, weren't you on the Today Show or something? So so Daily Candy was one of the really hits for us. Cup of Joe, she featured us. And then like a slew of, you know, 
bridal blogs and um, anything that kind of dealt in the hair accessories. Uh-huh. So, and then yes, the Today Show picked us up, and Brides Magazine, and all of these, all of these great print publications. And I'm like, oh crap! Like we have to actually make these. We have no plan to scale or like how to do this. I was thinking we'd sell like three of them. You know, it was was not. There was not a plan. So then all of a sudden we're like, oh no, we've got to make all of these. We didn't have anyone working for us. We're just like working like crazy, just nonstop. And that wasn't fun. That was not uh, fun. Uh-uh. At a certain point, we realized this isn't this isn't what we were wanting. So we closed the doors to that business, and I, at the same time, we were living in our first apartment, this one bedroom apartment that we were renting, and I had become completely obsessed. That was like my new side project <laughs> was the decorating, okay, decorating yeah. inside scour thrift stores and and Target, and just mm-hmm. uh, trying to kind of figure out how to make this place that was very bland feel like home. That's when Sid, my husband was like, you're kind of obsessed with this. Like, why don't you just, why don't you just be a designer? And I'm like, you can't just like be a designer. Mm-hmm. You have to like have some skill, but just because I can pick things out doesn't mean I can be a designer. So this really went on for a couple of years until I finally, I got a flyer in the mail for Orange Coast Community or mm-hmm. not Orange Coast. I got a flyer <laughs> in the mail for Saddleback Community College in Orange County and was like, this feels like if I am terrible, no one's going to judge me. $100 for a class. And then I signed up and started taking a couple of my classes. And then really the rest is history. We we bought our first home during this time. Mm-hmm. And in Orange County, everything was very Tuscan style, mm-hmm. uh, but not in like true Tuscan style. It's just like the replicated, you know, gimmicky Tuscan style. Right. Um, and so I got in there and I was like ripping things out and changing things to an all white kitchen. And at the time that was a very novel thing. And that kind of set me on this path where neighbors would start asking me to, you know, give them my advice. And I started posting to Instagram and I was very, that timing, whether that was luck or skill or a combination of both, that timing of being very early in yes. the world really set me up to building our business. It's it's truly the most amazing story. And, and like you said, the rest is history. And then it's like, this is the next really cool part where you're like, okay, I want to do this. Let's up and move to Utah, cut our costs. And like you joke about this, haha, we always joked about building an empire, but Lord have mercy, Shay, like look at where you are right now. <laughs> you built it. You built oh it. Like gosh. how yeah. incredible. And like what I love about that story is the insight into your mind of, I can't, you can't just be this thing. Like my Lord said, like, you can't just sign up to be this, but you can, but you yeah. like, you can. And I, and I think I've heard you either say on a podcast or I read it in your book, which I am so grateful. I got an advanced copy of like, like so many people think, oh, well you have to go to school or you have to do this or that. But then so many people, I think in the back of their minds have that thing of, you said, you said it so beautifully once. And I heard you say like, what if I fail at the one thing that I like really want to do? Like, I can't even start it. I can't even try it because I don't want to fail at it. But I mean, thank goodness you, 
Thank goodness you did because I wouldn't have any rugs in my house (laughs) and everybody else in America's house and pillows and furniture and lighting. And that was, that was a moment for me when writing and I know you're in the process of, you just finished your first Mm -hmm. round of manuscripts. And when I was writing, I realized that it wasn't just about fearing failure I was afraid to fail at something I wanted so desperately to be good at. And that felt like that would be the just gut-wrenching to want to be something so badly and then to find out I was kind of bad at it or that it wasn't actually as fun as I thought it would be. And it certainly isn't as fun as I thought it would be at Right? That that's just any any career. But I am grateful that I took the leap. And I we tell this story, and it is true that we sold our house and we sold most everything that we had to start this business. And Sid it feels sold like his truck, right? You were like, I knew he, I knew he was serious when he sold yeah, that truck. Yeah, I knew he was serious when he sold the truck, <laughs> and we were I was selling furniture. Um the we just clearing, just clearing everything out to make money, enough money to live off of for, we, we knew we needed probably a year runway to, and then additional to be able to like hire people, pay for rent for our first studio. And it's now become like this, a couple of lines in the story, they sold everything to, you know, but at the time it feels it's so much heavier than that because we didn't know it was going to work. And I feel like that, that is also what I think has been key for us because we were all in. Yeah. Just all in there. There was not really a backup plan. And I don't know that I suggest to everyone to not have a backup plan. (laughs) I think it probably is a really smart idea to have a backup plan. But at the same time, I think that being laser focused on a goal helped us achieve in a short amount of time a, a lot, uh, because we were just completely focused, but that yeah. also means there's a lot of other sacrifices that went along with it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's really an incredible story and you kind of always had this vision, like you joke about like the empire, but like it, like we just said, it really became an empire, but your long-term goal was, you, so first you thought we're going to create this design studio and we're going to design people's homes and we're going to decorate and we're going to, but you and Sid kind of always had this idea in the back of your head of McGee and co, right. And like products. And you started with the pillows and you were like, what if we triple our revenue? And then you like, it was like crazy what you sold, like when you launched it. I mean, what's fascinating about your story to me is that when you took this leap though, you really did have a, you really did visualize this big thing And then, and I appreciate you talking about the middle because so many people skip over that and it becomes one line in the book, but a lot of people listening to this podcast will be in the middle and will be in the, I don't think I can do this. And, and I've got one child like you did, like when you were doing this too, or I've got bills to pay and I've got student loans and like, how do I make this leap? But you just, you just do like, what is it if you fail? Okay. You go back to square one. The other thing too is like what what is the what is the what is the breaking point of failure that means that you're done? I think for us, we had so many failures, so it there wasn't an option to say like this was the end of us. Mm-hmm. 
we just looked at it as a hurdle to, to climb over. And we originally planned to start an e-commerce business at the same time as a design firm. And that, as you read in our book, did not, people did yep. not want to allow us to sell their product on our site. They would rather not make any money than to let us sell their things on their website. <laughs> like how offensive is that? Like they would sacrifice any amount yeah. of money just not let us touch their product. Isn't and that, so- isn't it? It's funny now. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it is so funny. It's so funny how you talk about, you and Sid kind of talked about this, like the snobbery in the, in the design world. And you really, that was kind of part of your mission in the beginning was to make it approachable. But it's, it's so funny, like some of these industries, and then you come at it with this different angle. And it's like, it just is like a wildfire. It, it, it just spreads everywhere and everyone falls in love with it. And the rest is history. I think but, that a lot of pivots end up working out for the good. We plan to sell our house and then we're like, we'll move to Utah and we can buy a really inexpensive house. The cost of living is significantly less. It would still be probably less than a rent rental house in California. <laughs> and then I can like document the progress on Instagram and our blog. Oh, guess what? they wouldn't, we couldn't qualify for a loan. So then I was like, Oh no. So I'm telling people how to design their houses and I don't have a house to showcase. We can't sell products. What am I going to do? Those are some huge, some huge obstacles in the beginning of starting a business. And instead of letting that be the end, we just had to figure out how to get around it. And I think that because we were constantly figuring out how the workarounds, now that's become part of our whole mindset in building a business is obstacles are just where they say the obstacle is the way you just, it's like the detour in the right direction or something. Yeah. Yeah. You, you really embody that though. Like I, everybody has to read your book and just see this incredible story that's born. But chapter seven is my favorite chapter. And in chapter seven, that's where you talk about, I think, gosh, I have to like read the quote at the beginning. It's about clutter. What is that? And I was like, man, that's a good one. It's clear the clutter. So you have room to see the potential in front of you. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the, you just sold off all your stuff. You make this move. And then there's, there's another line in that chapter. You talk about being the kind of people who paddle out regardless of the weather. You're just happy to be on the ocean. Mm -hmm. So you kind of feel like you're this couple that it's okay. It's okay, the bumps, it's okay, the atmosphere, it's okay if people don't accept us if we don't get the loan. How in the heck, though, did you become those kinds of people? Because I think that is the obstacle that stands in the way of every single person that does not reach the other end, which is their goals and their dreams. I think that paddling out, so Sid's a surfer, and this was very much him. You have to, you're either the type of surfer that, paddles out when there aren't any waves and you hope to catch one or you wait until the conditions are perfect. Mm -hmm. And we have learned that the conditions are never perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have had to learn. It sounds so, I, I hate that it sounds so easy to sit here and say, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going. Because when you are in the middle of it and you just feel like you're trying to keep your paddle out and then keep your head above water, it doesn't feel, it feels so trite to say that. But we, we had so many heavy emotions during this early phase of our business. I mean, I had 
just had a baby and was back to work, hunched over from recovering from a C-section. Oh, I know all about that. Mm-hmm. Totally trying to like just put on a happy face and then, you know, kind of frustrated with my husband that he hadn't figured out his next step in his career yet. And there were so many places where I could have just, we could have just gotten mad and then stayed that way. Mm-hmm. I think that Sid and I, we get mad and then we <laughs> use that to fire us, you know, yeah. and, and using that fuel. I mean, there is no better way to push me than for someone to tell me I can't do it, you know? And I think that that's been a huge, that's been huge driver is Sid talks about the stages of studio McGee grief, you know, like, (laughs) and then you say, I'll show them. And then, and then, and then you find that positivity within and then you keep, and then you, then you find the way. Yeah. It's, it really is. It's incredible that, you know, it's so funny because so many things like that are just true. It's just keep going but it's, it's true. That's why you hear it over and over. I always say that too in the space that I'm in. I'm like, I hate it that this sounds like something you've heard before, but they've heard it before because it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that you go back to that middle part and you continue telling the middle part because you really are like a vision of, of everything on the other side now. And it's so important, I think, for anybody listening to this podcast or reading your book or walking across one of your rugs in, in their living room to, to know that because you're so much more than beautiful design. It's like the heart and soul of McGee and Co and Studio McGee. It's just, it's really, it's really amazing. Okay. So why did you decide to write the book is one of my questions as a person. Okay. So I know we've discussed this, but she's got a YouTube channel. She's got a, she's got an interior design business. She's got a product line. She, you've got the website. I mean, you've got everything. So why did you decide to write the book? I think that I feel like everyone expected us to write a design book. Mm-hmm. And just as you mentioned, we've got Instagram, we have our blog, we have YouTube, and all of those things are so visual. And you see all of these beautiful end results, right? Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the messy middle and you're not, you've, you've heard about the beginning, but it's because it's like on the about me page on our website. Yes. And I know that from my personal experience, I've loved to hear people tell their stories and just hearing that I'm not alone in challenges or obstacles makes me feel like I can do it too. And I want people to feel that way. I think that Sid and I wanted to tell the story and there's no, that isn't necessarily accompanied by beautiful pictures. Although that's like, really wonderful. And I love creating beautiful Uh homes and that book is coming next. I wanted to tell our story and give people an insight into the other side of Studio McGee that's Mm -hmm. happening behind the scenes. Okay. And then also speaking of behind the scenes. So what about the Netflix show? So what, because opening YouTube, you can control, you can say, I don't want that part in, but then when you hand it over to Netflix or whatever platform your show is on, it's kind of like, okay, take it and there's my life and it's out there. And you've got two young children too. So how did you make that decision? And what has that been like shooting this show? You've been shooting it for a long time too, right? It was a very long process. We homes take forever. So it's not something that we can just crank out in a couple of months. It took us almost just shy of a year to shoot. And we 
when we we met with Netflix and we were working through the formats of the show and they asked us like, what do you have to bring to the table? We really emphasized that we want to come from a place of like, we are a design firm. We design homes all over the country, but our whole vibe is taking principles that we apply in these really high-end homes and teaching them and sharing them in a way where people can distill those down and apply them to a studio apartment yes, or whatever phase they may be. They can take these little nuggets of information. And so that is really where the concept came to on the design side of things, mm-hmm. which is why in the show you'll see we mix really massive homes. And then we'll do one space. I love it. So you're getting that. But then I also, Sid and I felt really strongly running a design firm. Mm -hmm. How come in these design shows, you're only seeing one person install the furniture? It's like, you just like, they, they like overnight, the the house just becomes, Uh it comes to life. And so we wanted to be, of course, there's some TV magic, but we wanted to be more realistic about showing our team and showing that there are more people involved than just Sid and I. And so also there is our family dynamic and running a business is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Our kids, we did not film in like a true reality style way. where like, they're just on us like morning and night. Mm-hmm. We were able to be very efficient about, you know, we're going to do a family picnic. We're okay. So we're yeah. filming that afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, but I was nervous. I was nervous about it, but I think that, now seeing the end results, and I'm so excited to share it with everyone. I oh, can't wait to see it. It gives more heart to the show to really see the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that, that. It's kind of like that was your main goal in the beginning was to make design approachable and livable and something that people can can have in their homes, even if they don't have these huge, humongous <laughs> houses. And it's like, here you have grown this huge business and that's still what you're staying true to is that mission. And that's just so cool because I think that some people, they get so successful and so big and they forget their initial mission. And you're just, it's been a thread. It seems through everything that you've done. And that's really amazing. So, you know, I did my house with one of my friends is an interior designer in Nashville. Her name's April Tomlin. Mm -hmm. And she did several of the rooms in my house. And I learned so much about interior design. And it was the first time that I'd ever dove in and like done it. And, and people ask me all the time and they're like, can you ask April this? Or can you ask, they ask all of these really fun, you know, interiors questions. And so I wanted to ask you some of those today because I know that they're going to absolutely love having these answers from you. The backdrop backdrop for your podcast looks beautiful. Oh my gosh. Don't look at this bookshelf. I was like, (laughs) thank you. I told Kyle. Thank you. That was, she's really bold. Well, a lot like you, like she just, she was like, we got to paint the floors white. And I was like, (laughs) Paint the floors like with the with the wall paint, like paint them white. <laughs> what do you mean? And then I was like, okay, well, I don't know. And she's one of those. She's like you. It's just she has this vision. So I was like, do we have to paint the floors white? And she's like, well, we're not going to be able to do the room if not. Like it's not going to be the end result. Is not gonna be the same. I could be that bold with clients. <laughs> oh, she's she's awesome in that. Love but, it. Um, but okay, so people always ask like wall colors. If you had to pick like one wall color to paint your entire house, what would it be? Would it be white, gray? Like white all the time. Okay. 
Not a surprise, probably. There. Okay. Is there a specific white? A, a soft white, either White Dove by Benjamin Moore is okay. a really good classic. Okay. Swiss Coffee by Benjamin Moore or Simply White. Clearly, I like Benjamin Moore. Those three whites are, usually we can find one of okay. those works. Awesome. So Sherwin-Williams Snowbound is like... Oh, we use, I use that one too. Everything in my house, I think. So I moved into this house and it was like done and everything was agreeable gray. And I was like, it seems the gray is not agreeable anymore <laughs> <laughs> because everybody's going to white again. Everyone wanted the gray and now everyone uh-huh. wants the white and the warm white and we'll see what's next. We'll see what's know. next. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's something else that I learned. So Would you say, so if you've got your budget to decorate your house, do you think you should kind of spread your money around and do here and there and here and there in your rooms and just kind of build? Or do you think do this room and this room full out and this room? Like, what is your advice on that? That is a really good question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think (laughs) it depends on one thing, and that is if your budget will replenish itself. Like if you're like, I have this amount of money and I am not going to get any more beyond that to decorate my house. Like I've allocated this much, <laughs> that mm-hmm. is what I do. then I would probably spread it out to make sure I got a really good sofa, a nice headboard, a dining table and chairs, and then probably like an entry console or mm-hmm. something like that. So that your house has like these finished moments that then you can like fill in like when you're at Target and you see that great vase at a entry console that you bought. Mm -hmm. But if you are someone that has the ability financially to really set aside a budget for like one to two rooms and then do that over time, I would, I would do that. I would do the the rooms. Okay. Especially, especially like a living room. I was going to ask you that next. Like, what's yeah. the one room you would finish? I would do the living room. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, I don't know about you, but that's where we spent. No, it's heard- living room is where I, for sure. I, living room in the master bedroom. Those were the ones that I finished in my house first. And then I kind of went all out with a nursery. I actually did a surprise nursery. So I didn't find out what my baby was, but my decorator did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the whole install. So I, like you had C-sections. Yeah. So when I went in for that C-section, they came in and just, I had no idea. It was fun. Okay. And this is going to be another, this is going to be a hard one. Like, what is your, what is your favorite? Is it like lighting? Is it furniture? Is it rugs? Is it, if you had to pick one, if that's too hard of a question, I'll cut it. Cause you do everything. <laughs> I honestly like it all. And that is why I'm in this business because it is the okay. most, I could talk about furniture and rugs and lighting all day long. Mm-hmm. All day long. I just love it so much. But if I had to narrow it down, I'd probably, I love rugs. I like rugs too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is something that me as a person that was decorating my first home, I got a little like, oh no, what, what do you do? Okay. So I'm decorating this house and or I'm looking at houses first and I'm looking at houses that are 10 years old that I'm like, well, that needs to be redone. That needs to be redone. These things that go out of style so quickly. So what is your advice? And I actually read something about this in the book about being kind of staying true to yourself. You know, when you're spending all this money in your home or even a little bit of money, 
how do you get past the fact that things are going to go out of style? How do you pick those more classic pieces? And how do you get over the fact that this stuff eventually is going to go out of style, this all white kitchen that you've dreamed of or this, whatever it is. Right. I think that when it comes to picking classics, I know it can feel a bit boring Mm -hmm. for people, but I can tell you right now that every home that has stuck to the classics are the ones in our portfolio that have stood the test of time. Really? And any of the ones that have pushed us to do super trendy hard finishes, they go out. Really? And I think that people who love a trend and love to have fun do it in the things that are more easily replaced. So if you're like in love with green velvet or, you know, you're like, you know, whatever, do the green velvet sofa put some artwork in your house that has a color that you're like just absolutely loving. Don't put the tile that you see 300 other people doing that feels really trendy in your home, unless it's like a marble tile or a classic Uh clean white subway tile. Because it's really easy to layer in trend. Mm -hmm. Lights are easy to be trendy too, because like it's much easier to have an electrician come and swap out your light than it is for them to replace your backsplash or yeah. your bathroom. That's really great advice. Yeah. And, you know, I love your, your target line is just, I mean, it is. So when I saw the, so the target line came out and I'm like, man, if I would have just waited like six months, I could have really brought a lot more affordability into my life. Um, <laughs> but it really does feel like really elevated, really luxury pieces at a non-luxury price. And I feel like that must be hard to do because nobody else really did it until you guys came along. Yeah, it's honestly a dream come true. It's a dream come true to work with Target. Yeah. The first time, so the process of us like mood boarding and concepting and talking about the designs, I walked into the room where they had all of the prototypes and I just cried because oh. they- I could not even believe that we had been able to reach this level of design at this value. Like the price point is incredible. And I think it's just a testament to like paying attention to details and how in design it is possible to mix in affordable pieces Mm -hmm. and still have your home feel very elevated. I'm all about that. I mean, we'll, we'll design these, very, very high-end houses, and I'll still throw in a Target piece. It's, yeah. It, the it, designers it, that I've, I've worked with in Nashville, they, I've worked with a lot of designers that have thrown in your pieces, like the affordable, or, or whether it's off of your website. Gosh, I love that Dove piece that was on your website. Like, I have a lot of beautiful McGee & Co. pieces in my own home, like before I even got to talk to you on this podcast. But... Yes. So, I mean, what a dream. You're sitting there in this room with Target and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so emotional that we've been able to do this. And it was within like five years, like five or six years ago, you were sitting in that apartment being like, let's just sell everything and move to Utah and like do this. We were in our, we were in our first home, the home that got us this start that got my, you know, put me on the map. And that was uh, six seven years ago, 
that we, I was designing that house. And then six years ago, we sold that and started Studio McGee. And it's funny because, you know, in some ways, I understand that it feels like that is so quick. But when you read our book, you realize there were years and years prior to that of the buildup to the moment that you sell, we sold everything and then started over. Yeah. And you're talking about, a, you know, a nine, probably a nine year ramp up, 10 year ramp up. And I think that that's another thing too, is just like being patient with yourself and the process. And it's so easy to see other people. And it feels like they've got it all figured out. And even though we have all these really wonderful things, you better believe I was kind of freaking out when I realized that our target line was going to launch in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it, it happens and there's always something going on, even behind all those pretty photos. There's always something going on for everybody. Yeah. Totally. And I really appreciate you sharing that middle part of your story and everything that you share in the book and on your YouTube channel. You're just, you're really open. And like you said, you wanted to make the design world approachable. You make your, yourself and this huge brand that you've, you've created so approachable, which is very refreshing and, and really just really amazing. Okay. So two questions to round this out. One, what would be a, someone that can't afford a designer, what would be like a tip that you would give them or a word of advice on decorating their whole house? That's like from a designer's point of view. Yeah. So I would recommend, well, first of all, open up that Pinterest, get your Pinterest board going, start saving your Instagram screenshots to that Pinterest board and do what we do for our clients, which is we take all of their images and we narrow them down to the very, very best ones. And then we look for common threads. You will start to see common threads appear throughout your photos. Like, oh, I noticed that all of my kitchens, I told my husband I wanted brass hardware, but all my kitchens that I've saved only have polished nickel hard, whatever it may be. You'll start to notice these things. And we often have clients tell us one thing, like, I love this. And then I look at their pictures. And I'm like, we're not speaking the same language. Your pictures are not speaking the same language as what you're telling us. And so I think that really d- dig into your images and look for common themes. That is hugely helpful to setting the tone for the direction of our projects. And in finding those themes, looking for consistent materials, if you're designing the home, like the bones of your home, like those consistent materials will help you make decisions that you'll love forever or maybe yes. not, forever, but for a long time. Yes. Yes. Not like the one picture that's being repinned a hundred times right this second, but what image have you loved for a really long time? That's such amazing advice. And that's so true because I would be like, oh, I like this type of thing. I like this type of decor. And then I would pin and pin and pin or pull pictures and it was totally different. So that's really great advice. Is the home that you're in now your forever home? It's the most beautiful home in the entire world. I would literally move to Utah (laughs) to buy that house. I swear. Thank you. I am. So it's the home is a very full circle home for us because Uh been renting for years and designing everyone else's homes. And so to get the opportunity to actually design our own home, just it's a dream come true. And I love it so much, but I have learned that you know, I said, we'd never leave California and then we did. And so I think doing what we do and building and designing homes, I wouldn't be surprised that we do it again, but for right now, 
we are set. We live in a neighborhood where my kids have like friends to play with. And so I, I, I see, I don't see us moving anytime soon. Uh, in that backyard and the garden and the fence <laughs> and the Lord have mercy. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's every single image of your life is so beautiful, but what is just even more beautiful is that you share the, what's behind the image. And I just appreciate that. And Will people I, see the video. Will people see this? They, they can, but no, if you want them. I was just going to show you what's behind this. Yes. No. Yes. I'll use this part for Instagram. Please show me, Shay. Turn this around. There are pink gymnastics mats and old flowers. And Still my kids. Perfect. I oh. Drinks. <laughs> my kids, like, set up forts back there. Like, I love it. Bar. It's not designed yet. I have, like, bedding that needs to be washed. I, I love it. There's not a bed in here, but there's bedding. So, you know, it's not always picture perfect. And I love my studio so much, but, you know, my kids still do flips in here. Mm -hmm. My kids still do flips in here. Well, (laughs) you have shared just so much amazing advice and and so much of the middle of your journey, which I appreciate this because when this is coming out, it's going to be October of 2020. And people are just going to see the Netflix show and the book and the, and so... I really appreciate you sharing the middle of this and sharing your time today. And yeah. you're just as wonderful as I thought you were going to be. So oh my gosh. <laughs> thank you so much. You are such a treat. Like, so honestly, sweet. you just made me so comfortable and you should be doing this because you are, oh. you are wonderful. Thank well, you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. So you guys can check out McGee and co or studio McGee on Instagram. They have a blog. They have the book that's coming out, the Netflix show. I'm going to link everything in the show notes and Shay, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I hope our paths cross again. I hope so. I hope I can travel to Nashville and let me know when you come to Nashville. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.